yeah, dig it. Hello, hi, and welcome to episode 20 of the Macho Movie Man podcast. And God damn it, Thomas, not again. <laughs> I'm sorry, I really tried this time. You were so good the last time. We're now one for two on this. And we're not editing that out. Well, for we're not editing that out. We didn't edit out Owen literally looking up to fact check my bullshit last time. <laughs> Only to be proven wrong. Uh, uh, sorry about that. No worries. Uh, welcome. We are, we have reached 20 episodes. Woo-hoo! Woo, we are one episode away from being legal in the States. Hell yeah, baby. Yeah. Weird, weird law, America. Weird law. Weird place. Yeah, it's very weird. But you know what? They are good at making movies. Yes. Sometimes. Well, sometimes, yes. When, when, when it's not about cats. <laughs> no, because this one today is about bats. Yes. What a fucking segue. Thanks. <laughs> uh, we are fu- talking about our first Batman movie on the podcast. What Batman movie do you think that is? Is it The Dark Knight? Is it the 1989 original? Are we going Adam West on this bitch? No. With the painted on eyebrows and the weird dancing and the not being able to get rid of a bomb some days. And the shark repellent. Can't and the shark, the shark repellent. Oh, the shark repellent, yes. <laughs> and the weird turning the United Nations into sand. That was a plot, fuck yeah. We need to watch the fucking 66 version sometime. Oh, Jesus. Oh. We are talking about Batman Mask of the Phantasm. And if you've never seen Batman Mask of the Phantasm, which might be a fair few people, let's be honest. Well, then what the fuck's wrong with you? What are you doing yeah. with your life? Go, go fucking watch it. Do you want to see at least a top three all-time Batman movie? Mm-hmm. At the bare minimum, top three. Oh, yeah, definitely. Like, this is up there with Dark Knight for me. It is, like, it's definitely one of the best. But I suppose yeah. that's kind of one thing DC have going for it is that they're really good at making animated stuff. Yeah. Just once you put live is... action people in front of a camera, they get super mm. shit. Animation is nine is seven seven to eight times out of ten a winner for DC. Yeah. They have the occasional killing joke, but mm. uh, let's not get into that. Um, for another time. Yes, that's another time. That's 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 a that's a far more hostile review. Ooh. But um. Yeah, no, so, and live action, they're ropey. Mm. Ropey in a lot of ways. Uh, but yeah, uh, Batman Mask of the Phantasm is an animated Batman movie released in 1993. Yep. Uh, that was very underrate, underrated and, you know, it didn't do well financially, so it kind of fell, fell between the cracks right. for many years, but has since grown a cult following. Yeah. It also ties into the 90s Batman cartoon, which I'm sure some of you out there will have weird flashbacks to that you watched as a kid. If you're talking about, like, animated shows just in general, Batman the Animated Series is an all-timer. For 90s Western, definitely, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I for me, in just any form of, like, animated show... No, dude. I mean... I mean, obviously, you know, anime-wise... Well, that's why animation... Animated and anime are two different things. Yeah. That's why, that's why I said Western. <laughs> yeah, like, you know, the 90s were the time for superhero cartoons. Because it's oh, like, yeah. this and X-Men, the anim- and X-Men. And Spider-Man. And Spider-Man that too. That one was fucking solid. That's awesome, but, like, it's always the third. Because it's just like, you know... The you know Batman is Batman and then X Men is X Men but also X Men has that amazing theme song. I mean, I mean if whenever they do make an MCU X Men movie, they have they have to put that they have to work that into the. It's gonna be someone's ringtone. Oh no! They gotta do it in like they gotta work it into the uh, intro like how they work the Spider Man song into uh, the Spider Man intros. That's true, I suppose. Yeah. They might. Who knows? I mean, I really hope so. Just <laughs> me in the cinema, I'm working. I was like, yes, this movie's already amazing. <laughs> I don't need to see any more. <laughs> ah, that was, hey, totally worth the 10 euro and gets yeah. up and leaves. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I'm satisfied. Anyway, and it revolves around Batman fighting a, ma- a similarly masked uh, mysterious villain named the Phantasm. While an old flame returns to Gotham. 
Uh, <laughs> no relation whatsoever. Yes, none at all. And this cast, uh, you have arguably the greatest Batman of all time. Kevin Conroy. Kevin Conroy. Yep. No, ba- no best Batman argument has legitimacy unless his name comes into the conversation. For those people who played them, he also voices the Batman from the Arkham trilogy, excluding yes. Arkham Origins. If you need a, an animated Batman, he is the gold standard. Yeah, yeah. I know there's been other solid Batman voice actors, but you're never going to top Conroy. The guy from the recent animated movies was pretty fucking solid. He is solid, but it, but it's Conroy has Conroy's a legacy. The yeah. Conroy's the best fucking Batman yeah. actor. I mean, he is so good. He was so good as a voice actor. They brought him into live action for one of the for like the CW crisis on Infinite Earths. Yeah. yeah, so you have like a like a um Dark Knight Returns style Batman with just Kevin Conroy. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just like, so that's what he looks like in person. <laughs> I've watched so many clips yeah. of him. Yeah. Yeah. I think he was at a, I think he was at a Dublin Comic Con at one point. He was, he was, that's he what was. I was. Oh. I was there as well, but I but I was with friends and they and they were just like, No, we wanna go to this can this uh talk and like I still hold it against them. I was with my younger brother. I just dragged him everywhere. He yeah. didn't give a shit. I was paying for all the stuff. <laughs> yeah, but it's me. Like, you That's know, fine. I'm not going to win an argument. Well, you should try, so. buddy. I know. That's a different conversation. Let's get away from that. <laughs> uh, Dana Delaney as uh, Andrea Beaumont, uh, Batman's Flame. She would have been an up-and-coming actor around this time. She was in... She'd go on to be in Tombstone, the Kurt Russell... Western that uh, came out, I'd say, around the, actually the same time as this movie, like late 93. Uh, yeah, I know some of y'all aren't into Westerns, but if you're into Westerns, gotta watch Tombstone. Best modern Western ever made. It's on Disney+. Plus. Interesting. It's got Kurt Russell playing a, playing a cowboy. Like, come on. I know her face. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Now I realise it. Yeah. Uh, Arthur Reeves is voiced by Hart Bochner or Bochner. Or I can't. I'm not sure how to pronounce Bochner. it. Bochner. Yeah, he was Ellis in Die Hard, the Hans Bubby guy. Actually, as I was expi- as I was saying with um, Naya, I still yet to see Die Hard. I there's a few people in this house who have yet to see Die Hard that I will fucking. I'll watch clock- it at Christmas. I'll watch it at Christmas. You better, or else I'm gonna clockwork orange the fuck out of you to watch it. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Uh, uh, Stacy Keach as fan the voice of Phantasm. Mm-hmm. He's an older actor who I can't. He's done voice act. He's done some voice roles before. He was in Two and a Half Men, if I remember correctly, I as an so. old gay guy who was originally straight and then oh. converted. Oh. Not converted, became. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, I stand by it. Converted. Fuck it. <laughs> yes. Now that now, now that is the documentary I would watch. <laughs> Uh, uh, speaking of like quintessential versions of characters, Mark Mark Hamill's Joker, arguably the best Joker. Who he also portrayed. He was the Joker in most of the animated stuff, and also in all three Arkham games. Cause he yeah, was in Origins. Like, like you said, there's been solid uh, voice actors for Batman. The thing with animated jokers is when Hamill isn't voicing them, the next best version is Troy Baker. Or John DiMaggio. But his is... But Troy Baker's is very Hamill Joker. It's quite a carbon copy. Joe DiMaggio's is a bit different. It's kind of more gruffer. Yeah. But with Baker, it's very much... Oh, they couldn't get... he's, He's really good in the role, but it's kind of, you know... They, they yeah, couldn't Mark Hamill was busy, wasn't yeah. he? <laughs> it, it's like whenever I go out and I order a Copperberg, but they only have Alska. <laughs> he is the Alska Joker. That, that's fair. Yeah. Uh, but but no, 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 di- no dissing on here, you know. You know he's, he's a better voice of a Joker than neither of us could be, to be honest. I'd give it a try. I mean, we'd give it a try, but... Yeah. I, don't know. I don't know if anyone would yeah. pay me for it, but I'd no, do it. No. Uh, Abe Vigoda... Uh, is Salvatore Valestra. He was, I think he was in a couple of the Godfather movies. 
There's a few. I'm, I'm looking at his face and his big old bushy eyebrows. I do know yeah. him. He's also like, you look at him and you're like, this guy's definitely Italian-American. Yeah, he's super Italian-American looking. He's like, he has the face where it's like, you were in gangster films in the yeah. 70s, no doubt. He looks like he'd um, call someone, hey, Vinny, like, yeah. hey, Tony. The voice of Alfred is from an actor who really does not sound like he would uh, be playing a guy called Alfred Pennyworth. Holy fuck, look at that last name. Ephraim Zimbalist Jr. I don't know, he's, he's, he sounds like uh, someone who should have been in a Cool Runnings movie. But, um, this dude's white, dude. <laughs> I know, but with a name like that. I know, I got you, I yeah. got you. And uh, Bob Hastings as Commissioner Gordon for the two scenes that he's in. Yeah, I only yeah. learned recently that Commissioner Gordon's character is actually based off Ted, uh, Theodore Roosevelt, the United Ooh, States president, as to when wow. he was Commissioner of New York for a year. Nice. Like, the look is also, yeah. like, you know, yeah. pretty based off him. I'm pretty sure that's the one Robin Williams was in uh, Night at the Museum. Yeah, him. Yes. The, the one who, like, there's a famous story where it was, like, he was giving a speech and he got shot and then he finished the speech and the speech went for another 40 minutes. Yeah, he was standing on the back of a train and a dude shot him and it just went right above his heart and he continued the speech. And um, then when he was done, they were like, he was like, no, you can take me to hospital. Do you think, like, th- this is super dark, but um, after the assassination in Dallas, do you think when Kennedy went through the pearly gates... Roosevelt was there waiting for him, like, you fucking pussy. <laughs> him with half his brain. <laughs> I don't know. Let's not bring up JFK. I no, can go down, no. I can go down some deep conspiracy theories. No, no. And I, and, I just, and I just will mention some very dark recent jokes that I've heard about, <laughs> about Kennedy. I was just, you know, I was like, Kennedy, the one, the one politician where we have proof he had brains. Yeah. What was the last thing that went through his mind? A bullet. And... <laughs> Uh, there's a senator called Kennedy says something she was like that's the worst thing to come out of a Kennedy since the back of a Kennedy's head <laughs> <laughs> but anyway anyway let's get into pre-production uh, this was greenlit uh, about a year after the animated series really uh, debuted and because the series took off immediately because I was yeah. looking at uh, some of the episodes in season one which went for about 65 episodes I have them all the Not all... illegally, illegally downloaded. Yeah, 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 yes. <laughs> but, uh, like, I was looking, I was like, literally, within the first ten episodes, you've had the Mr. Freeze episode, which is still considered the quintessential Mr. Freeze uh, on It changed how that character was viewed and written about yeah. for the right, re- like, since... Absolutely. And Harley Quinn's debut within the first 10 episodes. Yeah, so it's she's like, one of the most popular car- heroines of like, all this time. Was l- literally, this was literally becoming iconic with every passing episode. So, and because it was always kind of weird because like the 65 episodes in season one between 92 and 93 and then the mm. next two seasons had like 20 episodes yeah and then that was it but then again uh animated shows can be weird like that yeah but uh it got greenlit after the first season was a big success it was originally set for direct-to-video yeah yes but uh halfway through production on the movie uh dc uh warner brothers were like you know what let's push for a theatrical release uh and the show creators were given only eight months to get it made. Yeah. When most animated films have two years at least to uh, get everything done. These had eight months while also still doing the show. Yeah. So it's like... A bit insane. This, this film is uh, kind of a miracle that it even got made to a point. But uh, Warner Brothers did give them a helping hand because season two was outsourced to various Asian animation studios to help accommodate the uh, stress of trying to make the movie. Yeah. Yeah. Which might explain why the next couple seasons had fewer episodes. Yeah. You were outsourcing them, you know. And when they start getting outsourced, you know, sometimes the quality can kind of dip a little bit, you know. Oh, yeah, definitely. Because, like, the last season of uh, the X-Men show, they... uh, moved uh, production to the Philippines and uh, it's not the best season. No, it's not. No, it's the one where they have that really weird episode where it's kind of like a fantasy realm version of like X-Men. So it's like 
Wolverine is some weird gargoyle-ish looking kind of creature. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's, well. It's odd. Ah, 90s. Yeah. Uh, we give it a pass because the other four seasons are amazing. Yeah, true. Uh, the original idea was different, though. The original idea would be Batman gets captured by a shit ton of his rogues gallery and is put on trial in Arkham. They didn't go through with it, but that became an episode in the show itself yeah. called Trial. Yeah. Where, you know, it's a kangaroo court. Mm. I would watch that as a movie, to be honest. Uh, like, if you gave me the villain's style from the Arkham games, that'd be fucking awesome. Yeah. I mean, I, 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 like, they, it would never be a movie, but it's like... You know what? If Robert Pattinson gets like five Batman movies in him, and and like the fourth one is just him in Arkham with a bunch of his uh, villains who have already been set up, I'd be fine with that. Yeah, you I'd know. be happy. Yeah. You know, I mean, you know, if there's any franchise where you do not kill the villains, it's yeah. Batman. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, uh, but yeah, so that wasn't the original idea. Uh, so the idea we got was like a secondary idea. Uh, the film itself is based on a mashup of Batman Year One and its sequel, Batman Year Two. Yeah. They never did a Batman Year Three. They did not. It's no. also the character Phantasm is based off a really, really minor old character called oh. the Reaper. Yes, which you can kind of tell because uh, you know the your Reaper is coming is like you know the one word the Reaper is one of uh, Phantasm's lines. Mm. Phantasm never actually gets called Phantasm in the movie. Yeah. You know, I think it was just, what's a cool name that's not Reaper? Phantasm. Sounds good. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. it sticks with you. Yeah. Weirdly, I, has the character ever come back? Like, I can't recall so it. So the character, um, there's a teaser to it in Batman Arkham Origins in the game. Oh. There's a little, you see two uh, envelopes um, that are letters of her writing the character, bollocks, <laughs> writing to Bruce Wayne. Yeah. And that would take place timeline-wise mid-movie or just after the end oh. of this. And then from its sequel. Interesting. Um, and the costume of the Phantasm pops up in the DC animated sequel TV show, Batman Beyond. Ah, yes. Where a person, Amanda Waller hired a person who was in the Phantasm costume to kill Terry McGuinness's parents. Mm. Those are really the only times the character has popped up. Ah, Once or twice, not much, like, once or twice, kind of, like, tie-in things with the comics, but not much. I imagine, like, if you, like, literally, you know, examined every scene in the Lego Batman movie, like, it's a Where's Wally page, you'd probably see... I think Phantasm might pop up in it. I'm not sure. I imagine, like, fucking, almost, so so much shit pops up in the... Yeah, like the Condiment King and the Calendar Man. Yeah, you know. Like, like in the Suicide Squad. Yeah. Yes. I, I... uh, hilariously I saw someone bitching about that where it's just like you could have had a really cool flashback to Calendar Man to establish him as a villain where it's just like stop pretending like you give a shit about Calendar Man him being Sean Gunn and just saying hey Polka Dot Man can you play at my kids party that was all Calendar Man needed yeah interestingly though the reason I wanted to do this um while uh Massacre the Phantasm was They've just released a two-part uh, car- an animated adaptation of Batman Long Halloween. Yeah. Yes, which is really good. Like, Long I haven't Hall- watched it. I've read the comic book, though. Oh, who hasn't? Like, that is, like, top three all-time favorite comics for me. Oh, yeah, like, Favorite DC. Oh, yeah, definitely. Favorite DC. My other two are Marvel, but, uh, yeah, no, my favorite DC storyline, favorite Batman storyline, it is phenomenal. Yeah. For anyone who hasn't read the Long Halloween, Nolan took a fair few things from the Long Halloween and put them in the Dark Knight trilogy, in all total. But especially in the Dark Knight, yeah, yeah. like the entire setup of uh, Batman, Gordon, and Dent working together. It's from and, the Long Halloween. Yes, and Dent eventually becoming Two Face. Yeah, like it's we've never had a full on adaptation of this uh, of Long Halloween. I really would like... I feel like if they were ever going to do it, the vibe we're getting from uh, the uh, the Batman next year, I feel like that would work. Oh, yeah, maybe. Yeah, like if they want to do a se- do the sequel, you know? But, uh... 
although God knows what DC will be like by the time a fucking Batman sequel gets gets made. Yeah, that's true. But uh, yeah, so it's based on year one and year two. And it was decided they wanted to focus the story on a new villain because while the show was still going on, they didn't want, you know, oh, let's focus on this villain. And then like literally just when the movie comes out, there'll be an episode involving the same villain, you know? Like you were using a lot of the Rose Gallery at that point for the show. So let's try someone new, which worked. It did, yeah. Yeah. I mean, obviously Joker is in here, but, uh, you know. You can't do a movie without Joker. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. It was the debut for Warner Brothers Animation, which is... Really? Which I'm pretty sure is the one that they're still using now. Yeah, it is, yeah. Yeah. This was the first movie they ever made. Because oh. they'd been focusing on, uh, you know, cartoons for the rest of the time. This yeah. is also, like, the first PG film they'd ever did. All the other stuff would have been, like, G-rated, probably Looney Tunes stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, take a guess to how much this movie's budget was. Six million. Yes. Yes. Which is, uh, fucking tiny compared to the budgets of other movies at the time. I was thinking more, but then when you were like, oh yeah, they were forced to make it in eight months, I was like, it's definitely way smaller. When you consider, I'm going to throw out a couple animated films from sort of the time, so it's just like, you know, their peers at the time. Uh, Nightmare Before Christmas, which came out the same year. 18 million budget. Jesus. I suppose that's stop motion animation. Aladdin came out the year before. 28 million budget. Wow. The li- uh, Fern Gully, which I think also came out either 92 or 93, I can't I off the 93. top of my head. Yeah, it would have been Don Bluth because again, we're pro- we're to- some of those are Disney films. Yeah. Uh, Fern Gully, 24 million budget. Wow. And then the year after, Lion King. 48 million. And that was a B project. That was B project. Uh, Katzenberg was all up, was all up in Pocahontas. <laughs> Fucking gobshite. Uh. No wonder, no wonder he was, no wonder he was gone from Disney before Pocahontas even came out. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, I was like, God. And, and uh, somehow, somehow DreamWorks became a success despite having Katzenberg running it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, You'll get bothered by Disney at some point. Yeah, I mean, you can kind of tell by some of the early DreamWorks stuff. It's like, this is made by someone who holds a grudge against Disney. Yeah. And Shrek. Yeah. 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 But anyway, anyway. Yeah, so it had a my really small budget, even though DC, act, uh, not DC Warner Brothers uh, added to the budget later on in production. So it's like, at one point, I think they had less than the six million. Jesus Christ, they gave them nothing. Yeah. Uh, at one point, this was uh, actually intended to be the finale to the animated series. Yeah, I heard which that. Which is why certain things happen to certain characters. But, you know, at that point, they were like, you know what? No, we've still got more. We still have more ideas to do. And also... Why would you kill this right now? It's 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 fucking hot. It's hot as shit, you know. Yeah. It's so hot that it was like even if we even if we die out by the end of it, people will still only remember the hot stuff. Oh yeah, you're yeah. right. And uh, Dana Delaney's turn as uh, as Andrea Beaumont uh, did impress Warner Brothers a lot to the point where it's what got her cast as Lois Lane in the nineteen ninety six Superman series. Later uh, on, right. I did not yeah. that series. Uh, I, I don't think I can't remember if I've seen it or not. So, yeah, particularly good. Anyways, I mean, uh, yeah, you know, Superman series. I'm not sure. Yeah, you know, well, obviously, Superman wouldn't. I don't think would have the same uh, appeal animation wise as Batman would, just because like Gotham, you can do a lot animation wise. You know? Yeah, true. You nice know? noir. Yes. Uh, let's get into step by step. We open, uh, conveniently enough, with a computer-animated intro of Gotham, mm. which at one point they were thinking of using for, like, the second season of uh, the animated series for an intro. Yeah. But uh, they decided, no, let's stick with uh, the... The classic one. one. Yeah, let's stick with the classic. Uh, Batman taking down some white-collar crime for a change. Oh, yeah. yeah. You know? Which is not, not usually his style, but, uh, no. you know, you gotta do what you gotta do I like to mix things up, you know. Yeah, uh, involving a criminal called Chucky Saul. How, how, that, how that is an intimidating gangster name, I do not know. It was the 90s, man. Everything yeah. was intimidating back then. 
I I I I don't know. He he just kind of sounds like um, I don't know. He sounds like a slightly Latino version of uh, Chucky from Re- from Rugrats. I imagine Joe Pesci. I uh, in fairness, hey, like, you... hey Chucky Saul, and you're like, hey, you find the name Chucky funny? <laughs> what kind of funny? Like a clown funny? Like a ha ha funny? You now all I want to see is Joe Pesci in his prime playing Chucky the doll. Child's play. I'm Chucky. Wanna play? You wanna fucking play? Fucking steady. That's not Chucky. Oh, Anyways. Well. Anyway, anyway. Um, Saul tries to escape out of multi-story, but uh, he's set upon by a masked figure who he mistakes for Batman, but it's actually Phantasm. Dun, dun. Dun, dun. Uh, the figure tricks Saul into crashing into the opposite building, uh, Fast and Furious 7 style. Oh, God, that's literally what popped in my head when you said that. Oh, yeah, see, so there's a, so there's a 50-50 chance in, uh, when you do that, you're either going to die this movie-wise, or you're going to live to make three more sequels. Yeah. Oh. Uh, yeah, uh, and obviously this kills him, uh, and Batman appears just... Just in time for the general public to think see it and think, did it. fuck, did he do it? You know? Which is which becomes a running theme in the occurrence in this movie. Batman turning up at the wrong time and looking sussy. Yeah. You know? Uh, councilman Arthur Reeves puts the blame on Batman, but uh, Jim Gordon defends him because, uh, you know, he's Batman's bro. He knows Batman wouldn't kill. Yeah. You know? They've they, been together for like sixty five episodes yeah. at this point. You know, they they, they they have a very no homo friendship going on. Of course. Classic. Yes. No. That's the thing, like I will always thank uh uh Chris Renolan. No one had ever put as much respect on Jim Gordon as him in terms of like on screen because it's like Oh yeah. I mean the animated series, you know, they did a serviceable Jim Gordon compared to like what the fucking movies had been doing. Yeah. Where it's like he he's in he'd be in it for maybe two scenes. Like by ninety set by you know by the time, like uh, obviously before they cast Gary Oldman, like you know the last movie uh, Gordon had been in, it was just like he was he turned up for like ten seconds in Batman and Robin. I can't even remember him in Batman and Robin. Oh, it's at the start where it was like he pops up on the little TV that pops out from the. Top from like the inside the Batmobile, where it's just like Batman, Mr. Freeze is turning everything into ice. Fuck, you're right. Yeah, so it's like he is literally there for like one, two lines of exposition and then goes, you know. I suppose the difference is they just had small town actors like this one, yeah. You know, they had they uh, Gary motherfucking Ullman, like yeah. In... You know, you don't, you don't, uh, you don't give him two lines, yeah, exactly, you know. But uh, anyway, yeah. So, uh, but Reeves, along with Harvey Bullock, wants to uh, bust the Batman because that's pretty much Harvey Bullock's MO. Because he's on Menace. He is on Menace, yes. Very J. Jonah Jameson there. (laughs) I knew what I was doing. Meanwhile, Bruce is analysing the glass from Saul's car uh, while Reeves gets a call from Andrea Beaumont saying she's back in town. You know, amazing timing. Uh, what a weird coinkidick. Yeah. At a party, Bruce is having women trouble, you know? His, which, is all, which is his usual style, you know? Like, his, his whole romantic life is pretty much, I'm too damaged for this. Yeah, it is. But also, like, him as, when he's Bruce, that's kind of more of a facade, you know? Yeah. Because he he's, he's Batman, and then Bruce is, like, the costume. Yeah. Like, he's only going to hit it and quit it as Bruce. Yeah, exactly. You know? But, uh... Unless it's Hit Catwoman. It. <laughs> Especially if it's Catwoman. Well, let's not go into that. Oh, yeah. that fucking... Oh, well, oh. It, well, that's a case of, like, he'll hit it and quit it, and then she'll hit him and quit him, you know? They were going to get married recently, and then they just fucked it up. It's, I mean, to be fair, like, does anyone want to see Batman, like, happily married? Yes, I wish the best I mean, it. yes, but then it's also, like, that feels like, you know, the character is at a point where, like, Maybe shouldn't be. I don't know. It's very. It's kind of like, you know. That's the problem with comics, though. You there's never an end. Yeah. So you have to kind of keep it going. Yeah, but then, but it's like once you take away the dark, brooding sadness from Batman, you know, you have the bat nipples. (laughs) Well, no, I wouldn't go that far. But like, as in, like this film. Well, even like the way this film did Batman's love interest, kind of like. 
I don't know. It set a huge trend for all other comic books. Yeah. That, like, we'll get into it when it pops up storyline-wise, yeah. but is it... Uh, but yeah, so Bruce is having uh, problems in his love life. Uh, he gets into a conversation with Arthur Reeves being like, why are you such a dick to Batman? And he's just like, yeah, yeah, Andrew, yeah, yeah, you know. So, like, he's, he is, he's a dick, you know. Yeah. But uh, uh, until we see a flashback to Bruce and Andrew meeting for the first time at a graveyard, which is, uh, you know, if there was ever a more Batman way to uh, find some poon, I do not know. It's like it is. Hey, I'm really depressed and like the shadows. Hey, like for two people who aren't goth or emo, it's a weird place yeah, to be. Yeah, you know? yeah. <laughs> you know, if if Batman was everyone take me out, it would be inside a graveyard. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Yes. Uh. So yeah. So uh. There. So obviously. Uh. Batman's parents are buried at the graveyard, and on Andrea's mom is uh, also buried there. Uh. So it's very much like you talk to your dead parents. Me too. Oh my God, Fanzies. We have so much in common. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That that's not that that's in both their Tinder files. Oh God. Oh, anyway, so the following night, uh, this is still in the flashback. This yeah, is yeah. quite a long flashback. The following night, Bruce fights his first crime and is successful, but uh, the criminals aren't afraid of him, and uh, he notes that. So he's hmm. like, "Got to be more intimidating, bra." Note to self, more fear. Yes. Note to self, scary. Uh, anyway, uh, meanwhile, uh, another, go- another uh, no, and then the following morning, things with him and uh, Andre heat up when they make out for the first time while he's bandaged up and doing karate. Oh, no, jujitsu. Yeah. Yes, uh, and it's the first case of Alfred uh, walking in being like, nope. Because uh, there's at least three times in this movie where Alfred's coming out with a tray of, like, tea mm. and stuff. And, like, Batman and Andrea are in there fucking... They're either eat, doing it or about to do it. Eating the face off each other, you know? Yeah. And he's just like, get a room, you know? Hey, get a room. We have a room. We'll get one I'm not in. <laughs> yes. Yeah. This house is... This is a very big house. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, anyway, meanwhile, another Gotham crime lord... Buzz Bronsky, which is absolutely not a gangster name. He sounds like he sounds like the school bully. For like in a lot of like, a lot of the like famous gangster villains that Batman has, they're all essentially Italian American. Yeah, like because you know Gotham's meant to be New York yeah. City, which is where the Italian mob mainly took yes. over. Yeah, and so, even and even like Bronski is not an Irish name. No, nah, it it ain't Italian and it ain't Irish. So like, no. who the fuck is it? He's just he, some American. Yeah, he's like I said, he sounds like the villain or, or the bully in like a really stupid American uh, kids movie. Yeah, yeah. Just like, oh, Buzz Bronski, he's gonna beat me up after school. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, he meets his end in a graveyard. Very convenient for the Undertakers. Uh, yeah, so little work. Yeah, you know, just, just, just should we do an autopsy? No, he's already in the grave. Yeah, you know, what, what, what's to see? He got squashed by the statue thing. <laughs> you know, uh, he meets his hands at the uh, meets his end at the hands of the phantasm while visiting Saul's grave. Uh, Bronski's heavies mistake phantasm for Batman because mm-hmm. they're only looking at him from far away, and they both kind of are like. Idiot. Costumed figure in yeah. dark oh, I darkness. Oh, I said idiots because like all the heavies are idiots. No, 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 no. Right. I meant as in the costume vigilante. Oh yeah, but uh, while examining Bron- the Bronski scene, uh, Batman stops at his parents. Uh... Oh wait, no, no, we skipped a little bit. The news of Bronski's death puts the frighteners on uh, the older boss Salvatore Valeski. Meanwhile, the cops step up their pursuit of Batman. Mm. Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, Batman is examining the crime scene at the graveyard. He stops at his parents' grave, because, you know, multitasking. Yeah, of course. Uh, meanwhile, Andrea spots him and assumes it's Bruce, because who else would, uh, visit the Waynes? Yeah, like, you know. Might be one of the richest people in, like, the city, but, like, you know, if you didn't get money off him, why would you give a yeah, shit about the grave? Yeah, you know. Yeah, I mean, also, it's not, like, a super fancy-looking grave. It's a square fucking 
block yeah. of like granite. Yeah. It's like you like you see in Glass Nevin, like all the fucking you know Michael Collins and De Valera have these fancy graves. So mm. random tourists just come and put flowers on them. Yeah, that's weird. Or old or really old people who have, who still hold political grudges. So yeah. Yeah. You're not as weird. I respect that. Yeah, yeah. You know, that's one of the things where I was like, I would never want to work there, but it's like, I'd be interested to see just like the daily, every now and again, you'd have like a weird older person who is just like, tries talking shit to a grave. Yeah. Just like, and now who's in the ground? (laughs) Fuck you, John, you bastard. I outlived you. You you sent Michael Collins to die, you skinny fuck. Of all the things I thought I'd say on this podcast, that oh, is... Uh, you learn that, and grow, Jake. Yeah, you learn and grow. Yeah. Never thought I'd make a Michael Collins and Devil Era reference <laughs> during a Batman Mask of the Phantasm review. That was live, baby. Hit yeah. you with surprises. Yeah. But yes, uh, so uh, Batman spies on Andrew while on a stakeout, which is prime superhero love interest uh, stuff. Oh, yeah, that yeah. Everyone's done it, you know? Spider-Man. Spider-Man. Um, am... Iron Man definitely has at some point with fucking yeah. Pepper Potts. Like, yeah. I'm just even trying to think of just the movies, not even the comics. Um, I'm... Daredevil. Which, and... which is... Which is, <laughs> which is kind of ironic. Yes, that you very that, ironic. Considering he's blind, but, you know. Yeah. Um, oh. Like, there's definitely a fuck ton of other ones. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, while well, she is out at dinner with Arthur, uh, and this... Uh, this triggers another flashback to where they visit the Gotham World Fair. I would say a good portion of this movie is just flashbacks. Yes, yes. This is a Batman mask with the flashback tasm. Boo, fuck off. <laughs> uh, so they visit Gotham's World Fair. Odd choice to put a World Fair in Gotham. Like, I'm not sure... Kind of like know, putting a World's Fair in Detroit. You're like, it's yeah. known for its crime. Like, why? why? Like, this is not going to end well, you know? And obviously it turns out very badly because by the end of it, this movie, it's looking like, you know, you ever see uh, the Olympic uh, stadiums? stadiums once they've from, No, from Greece. Oh, yeah. They, they held in, like, 2004. And yeah. looking at it now, it, it, looks like, it looks like Greek ruins from, yeah. like, ancient times. From the original Olympics. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so, uh, yeah, so we're, we're, I imagine there might have been some, uh, under the tape, brown envelopes involved. Yeah. Yeah. Because, uh, why else was like, so do you want to put the World Fair in, like, Metropolis, which is this beautiful, bright, shining beacon of hope, and you're like, With, nah. a, with Superman in it? Yeah. Do you want to build a World Fair logo with Superman in the logo? No, let's put it in the place where, like... Joker, Two Face, Bane, Poison Ivy, Catwoman. Where all those cunts walking around constantly. Scarecrow, Mad Hatter. Yeah, exactly. Penguin. Oh, we could go on a list of names. Calend- Condiment King, the most deadly of all. Uh, Kite Man. All right, there okay, we go. Okay, yes, I- we're getting, we're going off topic. I could keep going on with that list forever. Uh, but yeah, so uh. And obviously they see a bunch of, like, the sites in the World Fair, some of the technology, keep a note of that for later on. Mm-hmm. And Batman starts to get uh, worried about his relationship with Andrea because he's happy and he doesn't know what to do. This is this is maybe the most um, thematically emo the Batman movies ever go. Yeah, but that kind of point, it stays with the character. Like, essentially, that it didn't even stay with the character, it created a new genre of like plot point for comic books where the hero is kind of like i don't know if i deserve to be happy because of all this like responsibility and mm. power and all the other yeah. like previous stuff that happened in my life yeah like fuck that still happens to superheroes yeah. nowadays that's fair yeah but in the same flashback we see uh bruce meeting andrea's dad and discovering that he ha- that her dad has a uh, business ties with valestra mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Because uh, everyone in Gotham is probably crooked in some way. Yeah, someone's under the bobs. Yeah. Uh, during a ro- during a robbery by a biker gang down by the docks. So slightly odd. What an odd sentence. Yeah, you know, uh, Bruce uh, Bruce uh, breaks up the robbery, but the uh, the gang get away because he's more concerned with protecting Andrea than uh, kicking ass. Yeah. Uh, so he starts to question if he can still be Batman while Andrea is around because you know, 
is he going to be more concerned about being there for her? Is he more concerned about uh, being Batman? Uh, so he so he seeks answers in his dead photos parents uh, his his dead parents photos dead parents photos dead photos parents <laughs> my pet hello Mr. and Mrs. Photos my, I'm so sorry about your son he ha he has one of those uh what the, the cameras where it's like the photo comes out and you have to oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. I have I own one of them and I can't recall off the top of my head what the name is. Panasonic? No, that's a brand. Yeah. Um, we'll, we'll figure it out later, but it's one of them. But it's like the fault, but it's, like, it's just blank because yeah. he's, he's, he hasn't put it in darkness long enough. <laughs> uh, but anyway, yeah. Uh, and he goes to the parents' grave and he's just, you know, really, really sad, really sad, uh, really depressing. And it's just, you know, it's like, what do I do? I, ha- I didn't plan on being happy. I gotta keep my vows like I hadn't, I hadn't planned on you know finding happiness with a woman yeah like see my whole thing is like I love Batman I love his rogues especially yeah. but it's just that like I like I you know I know people who have dead parents and they're still pretty happy obviously when they think about their parents they get yeah. sad but as in like if Bruce Wayne went to fucking therapy as a kid, he would have been fine. We never would have had Batman. No, if he, no. if Alfred was bothered bring that fucker to therapy, Batman wouldn't exist. See, this is all Alfred and his toxic masculinity's fault. Oh. But, um, yeah, Valestra approaches Reeves, showing that uh, Reeves is also crooked, and tells him just, like, uh, what the fuck's going on the people who are being murdered, we all have old ties together. So yeah. we learn that uh, Valestra, uh, Chucky Saul and Bronski were business par- partners back in the day and Reeves had something to do with it. Yeah. Yes. Uh, upon more investigation, he discovers that, uh, Batman discovers that Carl Beaumont potentially has some involvement, which triggers another flashback. That's what, the third... I feel like this movie would have a great drinking game. Drink for every flashback. Yeah. Drink uh, every time someone mistakes Batman. Yes. Uh, dr- drink for every time Alfred walks away from a make-out session. Uh, I drink to that. Uh, where we see uh, Bruce proposing to Andrea. But while Bruce goes exploring some caves, which is a rich again, slightly random, but very Batman... I for, I thought that was a euphemism. I didn't realize. <laughs> oh. I thought I thought you were doing a euphemism because yeah. it was like, oh, they proposed. Fuck. All right. Okay. It's my a, bad. Yeah. It's a, it's a. Uh, he's you, making the back case. Yes. He's a you. It's a euphemism that then uh, does have a very very much ties into the Nolan films when uh, Morgan's room was like uh, going spelunking. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. But um. Anyway. Uh, so to, uh, but he returns from the caves where he sees a lot of bats. So he's like, ooh, maybe bats. He finds that Andrea has given the ring back and has uh, left him a note saying, uh, bye. Well, like, what a bitch move to do. Imagine proposing to someone not even having the guts to tell you they're not acceptable. Yeah, but although very, very sort of old school movie, you know, Casablanca style. I was just thinking Casablanca. Yeah. But, um. Yeah, so, and then that night, Bruce dons the bat suit for the first time, yeah. and Alfred's just like, whoa, pretty much. Yeah, well, what else do you say when the kid you've been essentially minding for his entire life puts on a leather bat suit and leaves the house, and you're like, hmm, fuck. Um, Maybe I should have brought him to therapy yeah. those years ago. Oh, no. God, one good child psychologist and Joker would have been laughing. Yeah. Literally. Uh, so we speaking of Joker uh, Valestra uh, goes and visits Joker who's hiding out in the ruins of the old uh, world fair with his weird robot wife which is a very Jared Leto Joker thing yeah I forgot about that yeah it's very much yeah there's a lot of different uh, things you know it's like there's a lot of Hamill Joker in here but there's a couple things looking back where it's like there's a lot of weird Leto Joker thing. Yeah. This is a weird Leto Joker thing. I could see Leto's Joker marrying a robot woman, you know? Once again, the 90s. Yes. 
on Harley's rebound not working out. <laughs> oh. But, um, yeah, so he visits Joker seeking help because it's revealed Joker was also a business associate of uh, the various gangsters uh, years before being uh, transformed via the uh, Ace Chemicals. Ace Chemicals that he fell into. Yes. Uh, which does make you think, ooh, is this a continuation of uh, Nicholson's Joker? Because he was he was a mobster. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I never thought about that, actually. It could be. Yeah. You know, That's a nice way to think about he it. He survived that fall. At the end of the first Batman movie. That's true, yeah. Yeah. Because with fairness, Joker survived fucking everything. Yeah, it's hard to kill the cop. Yeah. Uh, and so he's worried that uh, the people being targeted by Phantasm, or Batman as they all think, are, uh, are related. So he thinks, well, you need to protect me because, you know, you're Batman's... Uh, Oldest foe. Yes, you are Batman's uh, no homo uh, foe. You're no. his dancing partner. His dance. You're destined to do this forever. Yeah. Yeah. You complete me. <laughs> so Batman confronts Andrea, uh, and she refuses to spill any info, and then claims that Bruce is the one still controlled by his parents. Oh, sick burn! I mean, she ain't wrong. No, she is not wrong at all. He has mommy and daddy issues. Like, yeah. It's kind of like his whole thing. Yeah. Phantasm uh, goes to Valestra's apartment later on that night to find the Joker's already done him in with his toxins. Mm. Really creepy uh, fucking well, animation. Yeah. yeah. Just like, holy fuck, you are not getting an open casket, mate. Mm. For those yeah. not sure what we're talking about there, one thing in the comics and the animated show is that Joker has a nerve toxin that essentially leaves you... Pale, dead, and with a huge grin on your face. You, you also die laughing. Yes, you all you all look like Jack Nicholson's Joker. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, uh, and then she Phantasm gets a phone call from Joker, politely saying, "I've left a bomb. It's gonna go off in a couple seconds." Yeah, very polite. You know, we just give some warning. You know, uh, like. He's a gentleman. That's yes. all I can say. He is a gentleman <laughs> psychopath clown. But, uh, yeah, so uh, Phantasm just about escapes the bomb. Yeah. But uh, when trying to escape, they're confronted by Batman on a rooftop. But then they're interrupted by the police. Yeah. And the police are after Batman, so uh, uh, Phantasm gets away. And uh, Batman just fights off a bunch of cops. I always looked at that and you're like, would you not think to get both of the costume weirdos yeah. instead of just one? It's like, fuck, there's two. I can like, I can get some extra cash. I've always wanted to look at the Gotham PD's finances. I'm not really into money or anything like that. I probably wouldn't understand it, but I just want to see, like, is there, is there a section of the finances just like a fund dedicated to just hunting Batman at some point? Like, how much of the Gotham Police's budget goes to working with Batman funds? Uh, trying to track, trying to catch Batman funds. Yeah, well, I don't know. I don't really know how government money works. I wouldn't be able to say. But it's just like how many, how much taxpayer money, taxpayers' money goes into just hunting Batman every now and again when you think he's gone bad. Yeah, probably, probably a lot. Well, as we know, U.S. cops tend to do bad things and waste a lot of taxpayers. Yeah, money. yeah. Uh, oh, there's a hot button topic we're gonna get away from, but uh, until Andrea comes along and saves him with a lift. Yeah, sometimes you just need a. Sometimes someone's a lifesaver just giving you a lift, don't you know? Yes. I hate you. Anyways. Oh, <laughs> uh, Andrea explains her reasoning for leaving years ago, and it was that her father was in debt to his associates, so they had to flee Gotham. Otherwise, you know. He'd have been swimming with the fishes. My whole thing is that why not just fucking say that then, you know? Like, you write, you're, if you took time to write a note, you could also write that. I think maybe they didn't want anyone to know just so like it was... the, Yeah, they don't want anyone to know the public shame, but like, you yeah. think that'd be fine if you're literally about to get engaged to the dude. But no. But then also you were telling, but she doesn't, would know us, but then she would be like, unaware that she's telling fucking Batman that like, her gangsters are trying to put the squeeze on her and her dad, where it's just like, 
Can you imagine fucking with, like, Batman's fiance? Yeah, true. Yeah. But, uh... Yeah, no. So, uh, Batman thinks that uh, the Phantasm is Carl Beaumont. Uh, because, you know, he wouldn't suspect, uh... Andrea. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh... And then he sees the old photos and realises the Joker's involved. Mm. And his reaction was just like, oh, fuck, not again. <laughs> this bass, this asshole. You never rid of this guy. He's like herpes. They just keep coming back. In Jared's letter case. Oh. <laughs> no, ew, icky. Don't remind me of him. Oh, God. Uh, Joker confronts Reeves and uh, douses him in the in the Joker toxins, mm. which lands him in a psych ward. Yep. Uh, where Batman visits him and he gets info on Reeves' connections while Reeves is... Uh, laughing uncontrollably just going insane quite uh quite unset upsetting in a way it's really good um voice acting because it is like yeah. kind of like it kind of sticks in your head a little bit you know yeah but just in general like it's a really terrible thing to happen to a human even if like the human's a dickhead yeah because it's like you can't stop laughing that's really upset, unsettling. You would eventually die, I yeah, feel. Yeah, like know? you... Like, th- th- those toxins kill you. Yeah, well, yeah. I suppose that's true, yeah. yeah. Uh, a search of Andrea's place uh, results in a near-fatal bomb blast. Another pleasant Joker phone call, you know? Maybe he could kill Batman if he stopped ringing him. Hey, hey, buddy. There's a bomb on here, and he's like, ah, dang, you survived this one. I'll, I'll get you, I'll get you. Uh, this results in Batman figuring out the Joker's hiding out at the World Fair, where things go ham. Mm. I love that joke in the Honest trailer. Says the T has fallen off the Gotham World Fair. Yeah, so go ham. Go, no, go ham. Go ham, that's it, yes. yeah. Which, which is also probably, like, the main creative direction of, like, the 60s Batman show. Go ham. Nothing else. Uh, one last flashback. Final flashback. What, take, four or five? Take another shot. <laughs> uh, the flashback shows Joker was the one to kill Carl Beaumont. Yeah. So they're like, oh fuck, wait, he's off the board. So, so it's like... Who's left of who all the players? Who is it? Who is it? I mean, at that point, you, you'd probably know. But, mm. uh, you know, if you've been paying attention. Yeah. Uh, uh, and we get to the climax of the movie. Uh, Phantasm confronts Joker at the World Fair and is revealed to be Andrea. Dun dun dun! Shocking the kids in the audience. Bat- <laughs> Batman's love interest, a villain. Why I never Catwoman laughs in uh, <laughs>, laughs in Catwoman really. and Talia Ghoul both laugh in the background. Yes, he has such a bad taste in women. Well. I mean, good taste in women, because they're both really good-looking, but... Uh, Just bad as in, you know, they're all criminals or anti-heroes. Yes, you know. They're all criminals or anti-heroes, or the daughters of his criminals or anti-heroes. Yeah, like, you know. But that's what happens to a boy with mommy issues. Yes. And daddy issues. Yes. He, 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 his main love interest is a uh, woman in a leather cat suit for 70 years. Yeah. Yes. But, um... Yeah, so uh, we find out it's Andrea Beaumont, and then Batman and Joker fight, yeah. as they always do. They're like itchy and scratchy does too. They fight, they fight, they, <laughs> fight, they fight, they fight, they fight, they fight. The Batman and Joker show. <laughs> I'm very proud of that. Uh, so, uh, until, obviously, Andrea sacrifices herself by blowing herself and Joker up. Yeah. Which is where you can kind of start to see, okay, so that's, so that's where they were thinking of ending the animated series, series yeah. with Joker dying. Yeah. Because Joker is always the main villain. Yeah. Like, Batman has, a sh- has the best rogue galleries ever, but the book stops with Joker. Oh, yeah, it does. Yeah. Which is really ironic, because Joker was originally killed off in his first ever comic book yeah. appearance. And was only brought back, like, ten years later. Absolutely. Uh, because, uh, God, could you imagine, what what if they hadn't brought him back? He's one of the most iconic villains, though. Like, <gasps> pop culture would be different, as yeah. with comic books. Yeah, Batman's number one villain would be Kite Man. <laughs> Let's not get that ridiculous. Uh... 
But uh, yeah, because and Andrea says herself, you know, this is how my crusade ends. Mm. She kills the guy who murdered her dad. Yeah. You know. I'm uh, totally justified. I get it. Absolutely, yeah. Batman does mourn her and regrets not being able to save her. But Alfred suggests that she was beyond saving. And you, you do, and this is where you really do start to see the thematic link between the two of them, where it's like they've they both have dead parent issues. They both dress up like uh, costume weirdos. But Batman doesn't kill and uh, Phantasm did. So that's why Batman is be, is a, can save himself. Andrea couldn't because... Uh, she she took she, the darker path. Yes, she fell. She fell. She fell into that pit where Batman is constantly, uh, just on the edge of that pit, but doesn't fall in. I I get that man, but Batman would be like, Gotham would be a safer place if Batman just, like even if he just killed the Joker, like that would be so much. Hassle. Oh, you're starting to sound like Zack Snyder. <laughs> Fuck Zack Snyder. Oh. I hate him. I just or or you know or Tim Burton where he's just like. Should he just, like, blow up a bunch of Penguins minions? Yeah, sure, go for it. I would like to say I disagree more with different comic book writers. Yeah. As in, you know. Yeah. Uh, And then in the final scene, it's revealed that Andrea survived, but she's leaving Gotham by boat. So, so, yeah, so she's still alive, but she knows it's over with her and Bruce. It's finally done. Yeah, so it's sad. Yeah. Yeah. So, let's get into some post-release notes. Uh, this was released on the 25th of December, 1993, in the U.S. Weird release date. Yes, this was a Christmas release in a time when Christmas releases weren't the big money that they were now, that they are kind of nowadays. Yeah, but you think you'd still do it a bit before so that kids had it for yeah. Christmas, you know? Uh, even a week or so before. Yeah. And uh, it wasn't released theatrically in the U.K., it was released on video on the 3rd of July, 1995. Here? In, in the, the UK, U- sorry. In the UK, probably Ireland as well, yeah. So Jesus it was Christ. Almost, a, a, at least 18 months. Yeah. Yeah. Opening weekend, it did 1.189 million, which isn't great. Yeah, but that's what you get for releasing it during Christmas. Uh, and its overall gross uh, was 5.6 million. Which is less than the budget. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and this was only in US domestic box office. So, like, that's not taking oh. it international or anything. Cause I, that, so, it probably there, made its money back. No, there wasn't the international. It was only released in the States. No, but it's in, like, DVDs as well and stuff. Oh, yeah. Uh, later on, when yeah. the DVD started coming out, it def- it's definitely made its money back by now. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it opened outside the top ten in its opening weekend... In a in a top ten that looked like this, obviously this is a, this is a in, information isn't really super important, but there was a bit at the end that will make you pop. Uh, number one, the week it uh, it came out, Mrs. Doubtfire. Eh. Number two, the Pelican Brief, which is a Denzel Washington. Uh, I've Julie heard Roberts, of it. Yes, Sister Act Two, Back in the Habit. True. Uh, Beethoven's Second. The dog. Yes. Oh. Uh, no, the dead composer from the eighteen hundreds. <laughs> uh, Wayne's World Two at number five. Eh. Uh, number six, Geronimo, an American legend. I have Never. no idea what that is. Uh, number seven, The Piano, which would have been an Oscars movie. Uh, I think uh, the one who played Rogue in the. Uh, Brian Singer X Men films won an Oscar for that role, and oh. when she was, I believe, nine. Wow. Yeah, I think she was like one of the youngest Oscar winners ever. Dang, for a bloke. Yeah, uh, Disney's The Three Musketeers at number eight, which had Tim Curry as a villain, which oh. was the main reason to watch it. That's fair. Yeah. Also, slightly odd seeing a young Charlie Sheen playing a musketeer. That is weird. Yes. Uh, number nine, Schindler's List. This month, I assume it had been at Singles. This had been in the cinema for a while at this point. About right? three weeks. I'm still quite surprised it was that low. Well, yeah, well, like it's not really a movie where it's like, oh, yo, let's go watch that again. I yeah, suppose, yeah, you know, like yo. People... Now that you put it in my head, yeah, it's kind of weird to be like, let's yeah. go watch that super depressing fucking World War Two movie. It it's not a crowd pleaser. It's yeah. a. Yeah, when Oscar movies, even back then, didn't make that much money, you know. 
But this is the thing that will pop you. Number 10, Jurassic Park. I knew it. In its 29th week of release. Once I knew that once you mentioned the cinemas. I was like, I remember our first podcast. I was like, I know what's coming. Uh, uh, the best position it ever got was 13th the following week. Which, in fairness, was one above Jurassic Park that week. Oh, that is good. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it did find critical success, though. Has an 84% on Rotten Tomatoes with an 88% audience score. Uh, and Siskel and Ebert both proclaimed on their show that they regretted not being able to catch it and review it on the show during its initial theatrical run. Oh, really? They were very much into it. And I think Siskel was even, you know, banging on, it's better than the last two live-action movies we've had. Because I think at that point, this would have been, like, 95 or so when they yeah. did it. So it's like, because they were mentioning Batman forever. So, like, yeah, this would have been a, a couple of years on from its release. Yeah. Because you know, late 90s, Siskel and Ebert were still doing the show. Siskel yeah. didn't die until, like, 99. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, so they were both big fans, you know, and, you know. When that, that's something in itself, though. Yeah, when, when, when literally the two biggest uh, critics, critics in the world like, are saying, like, we really do regret not being able to see this when it first came out. Because, again, fucking Christmas time. That's yeah. not a great time to do it. It was the last DC animated film to be theatrically released until 2016's The Killing Joke. Oh. <sighs> and a... And infuriatingly, a Blu-ray version was not available for this movie until 2017, 24 years after its release. That's fucking mad. Aren't you 24? Yes. Yeah, so it's... The, so My like, entire life. Like, it, took, it took your entire lifespan for them to put a Master of the Phantasm Blu-ray. on Blu-ray. Man, that's fucking mad. Uh, it was the start of the DCAU... Which is one of my favorite the things. The DC animated universe, which included yes. Batman, the animated show that was based on the Superman animated show, Batman Beyond, the Justice League TV show, and then the Justice League Unleashed. Yes. Unlimited. Justice Unlimited, League Unlimited. Yes. Uh, the poor financial performance was blamed on a weak marketing effort by Warner Brothers. Warner which... Brothers really fucked it up. Yeah. <laughs> something. Something. They also they meddled with it a lot because they also like. They told, what was it? They told um, the guys who wrote it being like, you know, we don't want, like, we want Bruce, this villain shit to be Bruce, super secret. Bruce, Tim, and Paul Dini. Yeah, yeah, they're like, we want this villain shit to be super secret. That's what's going to get people in. Yeah. And then about a month, two, two or three months before the movie came out, they're like, here's the toys. And the toys showed you who the Yeah, Phantasm the was. fucking cannot. That always ha- that happens so often when toy lines... It's because they're not being... Run- like, if you did the toy stuff by the people who made the movie, they'd be done correct. Yes. Oh no! The the literally the worst uh, offender that I can remember, I can't obviously remember because it was like, I, I was two at the time. But uh, when they released the soundtrack for the Phantom Menace before it came out, one of the tracks on it was literally called Qui Gon's Demise, <laughs> or Qui Gon's End. Yeah, I was like, Jesus fucking Christ! You gave away potentially the most important death in the Star Wars series outside of. Fucking Vader himself. Yeah. Oh. But, um... Do you want to hear an amazing story? Yes. Uh, there was an uh, there was a screening of uh, Batman Mask of the Phantasm. I, I can't remember where in the States. Part of me is thinking L.A. somewhere. Uh, there wasn't that many people at it. Yeah. So one guy in the audience asked the rest of them, was like, do you want to just, like, sit in the same row together? And do you want to just watch this and enjoy it? The man who uh, asked them that, Mark Hamill. Really? Yes. So there's an there was a lucky fuckers out there who were, went to see this movie, and Mark Hamill was in the audience and was like, "Do you want to sit next to me and watch me on screen voice the Joker?" Uh, I wouldn't even look at the fucking screen. I'd be staring at him, eating popcorn, oh, just marveling at him. You know, just like the fucking halo on his head. Beautiful. He's God's gift to nerds. Oh. I really wished I, because I, I distinctly remember seeing a Channel Four, an E Four ad or something where it's like he showed up on the Big Bang Theory at one point, yeah. and like the main joke was uh, they found his missing dog, and his missing dog's name was Bark. Yeah, and I was just like, 
please tell me that's real. Please tell me Mark Hamill has a dog called Bark Hamill. <laughs> he, he doesn't, but... Uh, and then obviously the biggest uh, takeaway from this movie it puts Conroy and Hamill in the debate for the best on screen Batman and Joker because this was released theatrically so they do count Yeah. so you can't dismiss it out of oh well they only voiced them so you can't say what's the best movie Batman yeah it also like it also showed that Batman can kind of do a bit more adult themes because obviously like if you watch the show, it does a lot of adult themes, yeah. but also quite some horror themes yeah. as well. But it was like this one, like it was very much influenced a bit by you by Frank Miller and Batman. Yeah, no, wait, one I had I, I had it written the, down here on my phone. The, the Dark Knight Returns. Yeah, no, but it was also not by Citizen Kane. It oh also yes, little, definitely. It was a little bit influenced by Citizen Kane. They, so that's what showed, they used. The, that's what they said. The inspiration with the flashbacks. Was. Yeah, so it kind of showed that like you can kind of tell. A, yeah. like you know a kid's thing yeah and more like adult theme this that was, was this was batman begins before batman begins pretty much yeah, yeah. so obviously just final thoughts on the movie it's um, fantastic it is with a ph um yes if you haven't seen it i recommend it it is quite short um if you loved the batman cartoon that i did as a kid then you will enjoy this movie yes and um yeah, have a good day, have a good evening, and goodbye, Radio Land people. No worries, thank you for tuning in and watching. There won't be an episode next week, but I'll be watching. Back. This is audio, dipshit. <laughs> oh, oh. Can you see sound? Oh. <laughs> oh, go watch Beethoven second. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so uh, we will have the week off next week, and then I will be back the following week. I have no idea what I'm doing. Sweet. Yes. Uh, so until then, thank you and goodbye. Goodbye.